You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Do you like comic book movies, particularly Marvel films? Because if you do, hi, my name's Ian. I hang out with Mitch. We take a journey into mystery every single Wednesday. You can watch us live. You can listen to us later in the car when you're by yourself and you don't want to tell people you listen to podcasts about Marvel movies. That's fine. No judgment. But we're here for you. We watched all the MCU. Now we're going through all the old ones. So buckle in. Mitch is going to take us there. Boom. That's your ad right there. Welcoming back to Hey Mitch this evening, I have Chris Soriano here to talk about his latest movie, Zeus, which will be out for rent August 10th. No, 20th. Sorry. Out for rent August 20th. Uh, that's it's in, in. I saw on the website you're going to be doing like a 24 hour rent window. Yep. Yep. I, um, with our new distribution partner, we are signing the deal as we speak. Um, uh, it's pretty much done and it's a, a worldwide distribution. And so they'll be handling it. And I think it's a 48 hour rental window. Oh, so, okay. Uh, that's pretty cool. And um, internationally. So they have like a cinematic release um, uh, in the Philippines um, and, and other countries as well. So uh, I wish we could have that cinematic release here in America, but you know, uh, I think a good win-win is people being able to watch it and, and relate to the film. Exactly. Exactly. I am so excited for you in this movie. Like you look amazing in it. Like I can't, you know, <laughs> I, I see all the work that you put into it and that, and I just feel so much pride. Tell us about Zeus. Absolutely. Uh, Zeus is a story about a, a you know, an amateur up and coming boxer that um, can't find his lucky break. And um, it's happening in modern times, like, you know, literally February 2020. And so, you know, with the rise of these hate crimes, he starts experiencing racism and all these crazy things um, in, in 2020, you know. So um, he, he gets involved in, in one incident which ends up going viral and it captures the attention of the middleweight champion of the world. And he gets into the ring with him. And so that's pretty much the, the um, plot and, and the development of the story Zeus. Now you wrote, you directed and you starred in this movie. How was it? How did it feel to, to wear so many hats? Oh man, it, it felt uh, very stressful. I will say <laughs> <laughs> You know, I did it because, you know, number one, it'd save us a lot of money if I did all those roles. <laughs> and also, you know, I've always been inspired of people like, you know, Sylvester Stallone, who who wrote Rocky. And what I heard was like two nights, you know, and, and that's like insane to me. How does somebody write a movie in two nights? Um, later, I found out that he, you know, rewrote the draft and so on and so forth. But 
I just got that tidbit that he wrote in two nights and I said, maybe I could write Zeus in seven mm. and I pulled it off. And so, you know, the rest is history, I guess. Now, uh, I think one of the biggest things that I, I had to have recognized from uh, of all the promo and, and talking about this movie, you're, you have an executive producer in the, the living legend, Minnie Pacquiao. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, it was such a, a cool and random blessing because, you know, we, we, we wrote this film, did everything and, and shot it, edited everything. And, and finally we realized, man, nobody's going to watch this because nobody knows who we are. You know, they're not going to find us at the box office. You know, we're not going to have any impact. And we did it, you know, to raise awareness of some of the hate crimes that are happening and everything. And um, I just said, you know, I wish somebody with a high status can help share this film. And that's when I reached out to Manny Pacquiao on Instagram and, you know, I just DM'd them and they responded. It would shock me. And they said, yeah, they'd love to be a part of it because they believe in the same mission. And that was like, you know, I was like starstruck, blessed, excited all at the same time. Wow. Through Instagram. Like I could not imagine that working out any better than, than that. <laughs> Uh, I, I imagine that, you know, too many stars don't want people just reaching out to them through Instagram, but I'm glad it worked out for you. I'm glad that I know you on Facebook, so I don't have to go through Instagram once, you, once you're a huge star. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're buddies, so it's all good. And, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all wear our pants the same way. You know, we're all, you know, what, what sets us apart is the things that we do. And uh, him being eight division world champion, I can't do that. But I can direct the movie and write it and, and act in it and, and raise awareness of, of important issues. So that's, you know, where we're at. Man. I mean, talking to you last time about Dynasty Boys, like, obviously, there is a theme between the two movies. And, you know, uh, these are issues that are very important to you and should be very important to everybody else out there. So I'm, I'm happy that you are getting this message out there in multiple ways. How was it? How did it make you feel the first time you saw other people watching this movie? Oh, I felt I felt really good because um, the head of uh, of acquisitions for for the Philippine company, the large Philippine company that acquired us uh, recently, um, her first reaction was after I watched it, I cried. And I said, whoa, I would have never expected that. I thought, you know, usually when the people at the top watch your movie, they're going to start saying things like, oh, you, you, you took this scene a little too long or, you know, this one dragged up. But those were the first words she said. And um, it made me go, whoa, you know, I believe the world will feel this impact. And of course, sharing it with my family, sharing it with my fiance um, at the time you know, when I started making Dynasty Boys, my girlfriend and I weren't engaged. So a lot has happened in this pandemic, <laughs> so, you know, and she's my co-founder. She's the person that, you know, she's the strong business side. I'm just creative and crazy. So we kind of balance each other out, but her reaction was very beautiful. Um, you know, it's just, um, I'm happy that it's being well-received uh, so far. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that too. Thank now you. you're playing a boxer in the movie. And you're always, as long as I've known you, you've always been a very fit gentleman. But what was it like having to get into boxer straight, like boxer shape? Oh, man, that was such a challenge because, you know, um, I, I've had that one uncle growing up that just taught me the basics, you know, jab straight, jab straight hook. And, you know, just just joking around, you know, we all got that uncle, you know, that 
that thinks he knows boxing, but never really stepped in the ring. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, that was all the knowledge I had, uh, but I had it for a very long time in my life, but I knew, okay, if I'm going to make a movie about a boxer, I got to get into a boxing gym and get, you know, uh, the proper education behind this stuff. And so I went to the local house of boxing out here and, um, they pretty much, kind of was like, whoa, you're going to make a movie? You don't know much about boxing? You know, like it felt like a Rocky film going in there. You know, <laughs> you know, Mr. Hollywood guy coming up in here thinking, you know, because boxing is like grimy. It's like you got to get like, it's the no glamour business. It's like you, it's the hurt business. And so, you know, you go into boxing gyms, gym saying you want to make a movie, they most likely laugh at you. But, you know, <laughs> these guys really welcomed me with open arms and said, all right, let's, let's figure out where you're at. And uh, they worked with me every single day and um, you know, they got me in shape physically, mentally, and even to a point where I wanted to fight like, you know, professionally in the ring. So, <laughs> you know, it was just like, Oh, let me calm myself down now. Cause you know, I ain't no boxer, but you know, that, that, that's what you got to do. Right. You got to really like method it out, method act, you know, you got to be the boxer. And so um, that's, that's what they did for me. So how, how, how long before cameras rolled, were you in the boxing gym? Oh, about a month before. Um, and also like during filming, you know, it was like every day I would, you know, be training because I wanted, you know, I've never taken my shirt off period, you know, besides at home or whatever, taking showers, whatever have you, but like for the cameras, I never did that, you know? So this is the first actual film end to end that's been completed. So for me to be shirtless and boxing and stuff like that, you know, I was insecure, man. I was like, I don't know how the world's going to receive this. Uh, these boxers look so ripped and fit. You got Michael B. Jordan, you got Jake Gyllenhaal, you got Sylvester Stallone and <laughs> this Asian random dude, you know? And so I was like, man, I hope I represent, you know, and, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the trailer, you know, did pretty good. So I, I, I agree completely. I think, I think it's, it's doing, it's doing great. Uh, Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, that has to add on more stress though, of, of having to keep up that diet, keep up that, uh, you know, training course while also making a movie where you're the star and the writer and the director and the producer and probably craft services and <laughs> yeah, you're wardrobe. right. But, but no, you're right. And I, you know, my, my, I would stress eat sometimes in the past where like, if I'm stressed, yo, let's go get some ice cream or let's go get a meal, even when I'm full. And, you know, just because it's like, who doesn't want to go into a nice restaurant when they're stressed out or whatever and, and have a good meal with good friends, you know? And so I couldn't do that for this film. And I was more even upset that I couldn't or stressed <laughs> out, you know, it's like, I can't go get a burrito in the middle of the night when, you know, I, I had a bad day or something, you know, I can't stop by Jack in a box at midnight, you know? And so all those little little things I had to shave off, but it shows you how powerful, I guess, the body and the mind is when you're adapting for a mission or something that you want. And um, those little choices that I was doing right really helped me when I was ready for that role in the ring. And uh, I'm thankful. And, um, you know, I, I, I kept training ever since because I said, you know, I don't want to get back to a state where you know, I have to train really hard again. I just want to be show ready or something, you know, for the next one, if we ever do make, uh, well, actually we are in the process of making it. So, um, you know, for Zeus two rather. Oh, look at that Zeus two. I like to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, long story short, there is going to be a part two and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm creating it right now and, and making it as, as awesome as possible. So, um, all right. So, 
I, I take it then maybe uh, instead of stress eating at night, you just go and hit that speed bag a little bit more or something, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's actually a, yeah, a run. I set up a, a punching bag here so I could, you know, uh, do that. So it's just a little bit more active things. Uh, I'll ask my fiance and I to go walk around, you know, the city. Um, and, you know, um, normally we would, wouldn't uh, walk as much. And now it's like we're walking a lot more. So that that helps too. Good. Glad to hear that. So what was it stress-wise or just, you know, complication-wise? What, what, what popped up on this movie that, that really sticks into your mind? Man, the stress-wise so much, um, like from being able to shoot a film, what normally takes like six months, you know, or a year for some people. I mean, the bigger the budget, the longer it takes. But, you know, we were able to, to do pre-production in 30 days um, typically that's six months. Uh, we were able to do principal photography where we begin filming production in 21 days. Typically that's, you know, north of anything. I think the Avengers and all that's like 90 or like <laughs> 80 to 90. So, and, you know, post-production uh, normally six months or so down to 39 days. So total end to end 90 days. And, and I say that like, it's so simple, but the biggest stressful thing from day one was like, Yo, if one of us gets COVID, that's a wrap. You know, yep. we, we got no more movie. We've got nothing. We've wasted our time. And so it's like, it was hard enough for me to get all these people to work together. It's like a village of 40 people in, in the middle of a pandemic to make a movie and be on the same page and not quit. And nobody quit. Nobody dropped out. So that was a blessing. And nobody got COVID. Another blessing. But with that, everybody had to get tested daily. They had to, you know, those things are expensive, you know, yeah. and everybody was like freaking out that if they got it, they would die. That was like the mentality of like, or, but there were also naysayers like, come on, it's just the flu. But when, you know, one of our team members, their grandfather passed away and I was like, dang, another of our team members, his father got it. So it was like, everybody was getting COVID and paranoid. I was, as we were going through the 21 days. So you could just imagine the stress that piled up on me. That's just trying to keep everybody calm and still focused on the project i mean i'd love to, to ask more about that like you said you had to, everybody had to get tested daily just to just to be on set like are is is vaccinations a requirement is is you know uh making mask mandates you know a requirement what what, what precautions did you take on set yes um you know we because at the time the vaccinations weren't all out yet i think Johnson and Johnson. I think they were slowly rolling it out. This is okay. February of this year. Okay. And yeah. So I think a lot of people were still skeptic of taking uh, the vaccine. Um, I, I remember like, um, but as soon as it was available, um, like nobody in the production, like, I think like only like 10% wanted to take the vaccine, you know? So, um, and, and it was just a lot of the face mask coverings, making sure that they're always on, even right before they're about to say their lines. A lot of our cinematographers, uh, or our DP rather, being a bit further, but, but punching in a little bit, like zooming in and keeping it a bit tight. So just a lot of these, like, it was really awkward because it's like, you're distant and you got to feel connected and we're doing this for a movie. So it's like, ah, you know, you want to break the rules a bit, but if somebody got something, they'll yep. look at the overall production and be like, Chris was careless, you know? So, um, you know, we, we, we got away with doing what we did, um, and, and making it work for what we had, I guess. And, and thank goodness we pulled it off. 
you know, obviously like some of the, like you see in the trailer, some of the shots you're done, you're doing on location and, and life imitating art, art imitating life. You have people of Asian descent wearing masks. Like did, did you ever worry about people on the outside of this production looking in and being like, you know, that's, that's, those are the, those are the people causing the problem here kind of thing. Yes. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's interesting, a great question and perspective. Um, since this is in modern times, we did want to show as much of what's happening today uh, with still being respectful to, you know, cause people were dying, you know, and people still are dying to COVID and also Asian Americans are receiving a lot of hate, uh, hate and hate crimes happening to them. And mm-hmm. so we were like, you know, at least at the end of the day, we know we're, we're trying to show here what would happen on a, on a cinematic level. And let me give you a brief example. The scene in the trailer where, you know, this old gentleman is being bullied and being sprayed with hand sanitizer, you know, um, I took that from a real case that happened in, in public. And I, to, to even bring it more close to home to me, I put my actual father in that scene so that people, so that I can even act as if, man, this is like, I could really bring the emotion. And, you know, so anyways, um, I, I, I put real life scenarios with my real life scenario to bring out the best of, of both in the performance. Yeah, I know. I noticed that on the IMDb cast, there was a gentleman there as the old man who had the same last name as you. So <laughs> exactly. Nice catch. There you go. We're going to see all sorts of hopefully, uh, you know, funny and, and, and awesome, but also more meaningful things in this film. Yes. Speaking of casting, like you, you your your co-star in this, uh, Miguel Matos. Yes, Miguel Matos. Yep. Matos. Okay. Plays your coach, plays, plays your, your boxing coach like that. How was how was that process in finding your other lead in the movie? Oh, it was it was challenging because I didn't th- like our I found him uh, and I was looking at other like a few um because I saw an image in my head of who coach Green would be, somebody from the streets, somebody tough and somebody with a with a strong command presence and and you know um to find someone who can exude and give that vibe like they've been through the streets and they've seen stuff would hopefully have have gone have like went through that stuff you know and and I just anyways with Miguel he's from New York he actually went through all that stuff met a lot of people in this world and like even when I interviewed him and spoke to him he was like man he told me stories that made me go okay this guy is definitely a, he he's seen the streets been through the streets and survived and that is perfect for his character um, because Coach Green uses street fights, uh, backyard boxing to teach Zeus how to fight. And so um, that's uh, that was essential for the character of Coach Green. And, and what was it? Uh, I mean, just the fact that Miguel had lived this life already was the, the essential like this is the perfect person to play Coach Green. Yes. I mean, he's. Um, He's because uh, I'm I'm trying to reserve what he's actually done by still protecting him. That's fair. By, That's you fair. know, by telling me. But let's just say he's seen, um, yeah, the street life and 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 um, 
you know, but, but was always, a, I guess, a good Samaritan in the most unlikely of circumstances. And so um, after a couple of interviews and, you know, um, I just knew, I mean, right from day one of his audition, which was on Zoom, you know, typically you have somebody go into an audition, uh, you have a casting director, makes it all happen. I was doing the dang auditions, you know, <laughs> with, you know, with our, our team and, you know, it's just a small team, me, Hillary and Ezekiel and Rose were like four just core group people. And anyways, um, it was cool to, to do this via Zoom. The rest of your cast, how, how did you come about with that? How, like, how was that, that casting call in the, the world of pandemic and how, and, and, you know, going about who you were going to cast and finding the right person to play this? Like, how, how did you go about that? Uh, great question. It was a unique journey that I had, I was figuring out as I was going along, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> figuring it out and going, okay, I see this person as our uh, female lead, Corazon Punong Bayan. I needed a, a, someone who could sing beautifully, was Filipina, and really represented what I wrote. And I found her through through going on backstage.com. You know, most of the actors, I, I just went on, you know, most people have these huge casting agencies and, you know, all that. I didn't have that. So I just was just very resourceful. And I saw some headshots and then I looked at some reels and then I just said, okay, let's do a Zoom interview. And if they're willing to memorize and recite lines and work with me, then, you know, that's stage one. They all did it. Then we got to stage two, which was um, let's have you act and deliver it to us and I'll have my team review it. And so um, that was my basic uh, hiring, I guess, casting process. Nothing <laughs> fancy, but, you know, uh, just figuring it out, like I said, as I went along. Between Dynasty Boys and this, like what were the lessons that you learned before that you brought into the making of Zeus? Oh, wow. Beautiful question, because. The number one lesson I learned before is that in the writer's room, a lot can happen. And the reason why Dynasty Boys fell apart and we never got to finish it is because in the writer's room, my co-writer and I just couldn't see eye to eye. And um, we had to amicably, you know, part ways. And so when that happens, you know, it's just um, it's crushing because, you know, you can't continue with the movie. I mean, the person helped you create the movie, you know, and it's like you know, if I continue, I would be disrespectful to that person because he came up with these ideas. I don't want to, you know, do anything wrong. I don't want to get sued. You know, it's just like, it's like, I, I told myself, I never want that to happen to me again, where, you know, if I, you know, I just don't want someone to stop the film. And I didn't think that that could happen. And um, that's just what happened to me. And so I took that lesson and I said, I'm going to write this film end to end. I'm going to get it done. And that's probably what motivated me to finish in seven days. And then I said, I don't care if it's amazing uh, or bad. I'm just going to be honest and pure and try to create something meaningful. And that was the beginning of, of me kind of painting that, that screenplay, if you will. And then what are the lessons you're taking from Zeus and moving forward to Zeus too? Ooh, uh, th that choreography is tough. You know, <laughs> you know, when you're fighting, man, they make it look so good and easy on, uh, in those movies, but I've got hit so many times because, and cause I was the one doing the choreography and, you know, I was working with the boxing instructors and stuff. And I had another uh, choreographer there who we brought in for the last final fight scene. Cause I wanted it to be great. And like, 
you know, when, when you don't have too much time for training, you know, a jab in the ribs will be, you know, it, it, it will, it could fully stop you. And, you know, I thought it wouldn't hurt as bad. I was like, let's just go for realism. And these guys are going to, you know, throw their, so, you know, I got punched so many times. I almost got my teeth broken because of a punch, my two front teeth. Um, like, yeah, it's just stuff that, you know, the professionals would be like, Chris, this is why we have a professional team because, you know, it's very amateur of you to actually get hit and you know, <laughs> you to learn to do this the right way so that, you know, it looks like John Wick at the end of the day or Rocky, you know? So, but you know, this is me figuring it out with the resources that I had. And so that's, that's, um, yeah, it was a painful learning lesson. Get a good stunt coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> it can do wonders for your production, I imagine. And and your ribs. <laughs> right, right. right. Teeth, you know? Hmm. How many uh how how many instructors did you have on set usually? Uh we had two and um but not on set at the same time. It was just one person um for the final uh, ending fight scene and my boxing instructor to help me throughout some of the fights in the beginning. So, uh very uh, bare bones but um just as effective. Now you talked about Southpaw earlier and Creed and um and Rocky. Like any 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 particular boxing movie that you took some inspiration from? Definitely Rocky. You know, I I I I saw all of them again on, on Amazon prime. Just, I rented them all again, just to watch it for inspiration. I even had uh, the villain in this film, you know, watch it, you know, um, just to, just to get us both in that mindset of, you know, here's what was accomplished. Listen to that beautiful score. You know, I I'm very inspired by Rocky. And so I think when you appreciate something, you take a little piece of that for yourself. And so, um, you know, I even researched how is Sylvester Stallone able to train and get himself into shape and things like that. So anyways, uh, yeah, Rocky was a big inspiration and those audio tracks, you know, really, really that score really, really inspired me. So you were talking about your villain. What was it that you were looking for when you were, when you were casting your villain? Oh, I wanted an American badass that, you know, was unsympathetic to COVID and because, um, you know, his, mother dies from COVID. And so what a unique situation that, you know, you have somebody whose mom dies of it. How would he react to this? Who would he blame? And what kind of message would he communicate? And so that's uh, what I tried to create here. And, and how would both, you know, fighters, um, what dialogue would they say? And, and what would happen in the end? You know, um, so anyways, that that was the, 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 the some of the key points I was thinking about when developing uh, our, our villain. And w- how did your actor uh, like live up to that for you? I did great. He loved it. He loved his lines and uh, he really delivered. Uh, and his name is Rob Rodeo Cow- uh, Cooper. And so, <laughs> you know, it was like he's a cowboy, right? So, and he, he you know, amazing guy. Him and I are really good friends. And, um, now, you know, um, and I, I never met him before, but, um, I, I knew he was perfect. Um, and you know, uh, really awesome to work with on set. Did he have a boxing background before this? Uh, no, he did not either. So I had to, you know, coordinate him with a, uh, boxing coach in a different style, a more aggressive style. And, and, um, he, he really showed up to those boxing lessons and did everything. And he really put in a lot of work. So famously in the last Jason Bourne movie, 
Matt Damon, every time he was fighting with one of the the stunt crew and he would accidentally land a punch, he had to uh, like buy them a bottle of like expensive champagne. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Damn, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he said by the end of it, like he owed them cases of the stuff because he just was so <laughs> bad at the choreography. Uh, like anything were you able to do anything like did you did you manage to hit 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 other people a lot of times or what great question and i never hit one because i wanted to make sure these guys would come back for zeus too <laughs> you know i was like that was like the number one thing i said i was like don't get sued and we need them for the second one so we, we want to you know always keep the relationship good but if i did and i had to give them a gift I would, you know, take them out to try some of the best Filipino food, maybe, or get them a Filipino bottle of wine or something. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Any any other uh, movies that you watch to prepare yourself, put you in the mindset, or Absolutely. what? But what else? What did you put put you in the mindset to get into this? Other than I, I'm going to get this done. I'm motivated to do it. Oh, uh, um, I watched the movie Warrior, a uh, very beautiful film. Um, oh, I love that movie. Right? Isn't that the most insanely cool, beautifully shot film? Um, and um, I even, uh, or my DP reached out to the DP of Warrior and told them what we were going to do in the pandemic. And so they both, you know, spoke, because um, usually the director of photography is so vital on on a set. I had to learn that, you know? Yeah. And, and um, just... Uh, he was so nice to share with us, you know, your biggest challenge. And he was right, is going to be fighting and choreography. <laughs> and so um, at the time, I was just like, yeah, that's obvious. But it was way more like that echo throughout my mind on every <laughs> fight scene, you know. And um, anyways, so I watched Warrior. And I also, to get more prepared, I definitely did um, study and look at other fighters. Um, I even went to different sparring, uh, went to different sparring sessions, um, to see how fighters would fight in, in our local gym. Um, definitely watched Manny Pacquiao's fights and, and just try to study it all, you know, take it all in so that, um, I can, you know, perform the right way, uh, when we come to filming. And your director of photography was Nathaniel Regier. Yeah. Riger. Riger. Uh, okay. I'm sorry struggle with his name but yes a, a, a very he he took the leap of faith with me he was one of the first people i spoke to about this and you know he just thought i was crazy but at the same time was like damn you want to shoot a film in the pandemic um and you know um want to make a boxing film after never ever making a boxing film and you don't know too much about boxing he's like this sounds cool i'm kind of down and so <laughs> it was awesome it was awesome. How I mean, how was that first initial like meeting between you and he? Oh, it was great because we liked the same films. We um, vibed off the, I, I sent him the screenplay. He read it that same night. And what I love about the philosophy, he, he's in the better to um, um, not, not over promise um, and under deliver. He was all about like, um, okay, he gave me a timeline in which he would give me something, but he gave it to me earlier. And he, he read the whole thing. He gave me notes on the script. He was all excited. And he even had like, I know this guy for your gaffer, this guy for your you know first AC. And like, I was like, I was like Googling, all right, first AC, what do they specifically do? You know, like <laughs> I learned some of these, you know, terminologies, you know, I'm, I'm a guy with a vision and I love what, you know, what's his name said, uh, Quentin Tarantino, where you don't got to know above the line, below the line, you know, um, uh, 
this lens from that lens. If you truly want to make a very good movie, all you have to do is be passionate about creating a good movie and you'll just make a good movie. <laughs> so you just have to love movies. And so um, Nathaniel didn't take my lack of experience. He, he equipped me. He shared with me stuff. I mean, in the world of Hollywood, if you don't know too much and you're directing something, they're just going to like, get out of here. You know, you're wasting my time. But he took a, a chance on me to show, hey, man, I, I wrote something. I could do this. You know, just trust me. And he, and he did it and it worked out. Yeah. I mean, obviously, have a vision and surround yourself with people that will, will help you get your vision made, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I if I can ask this and if it's inappropriate, you you just go ahead and stop me. But what was what was the budget? What, how did you get that? How did you how did you fund this movie? Great question. You know, um, I would have loved to share that as of signing the deal with our distribution company, but that's fair. Uh, it, it's now private. But um, man, it's I got it in my head, and I wish okay. I could tell you. So um, you know, but uh, let, let's just say uh, we didn't have um, like. Never mind. I don't even know what to say. So I don't. Yep, know. Nope. <laughs> nope. Don't need to worry about that. Yeah. I, I, and that's just the thing that I don't know. So I, I'm, I'm glad to know that. Right. Osmosis. I'll tell you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you know, after filming, you went. In, I assume you went into editing. Like, how, how involved were you in that? Were you? Step by step, were you letting someone else lead you? Like, I assume this was all a new process for you too. Yes, very new. the The, the craziest editing was at KYMA when I was a journalist. <laughs> so, you know, it's been a while from those days. But you know, cutting a both side was a little, was a big different than, than this, is it? I imagine. Right, very different. You know, we don't color correct the news. You know, we just, <laughs> it's flat. It is what it is, and we're going to the next story. You know, with here, it was very different because I, you know, was um, I had other editors in mind, but nothing locked in. And um, when we finished it, you know, I needed an editor to do this quick. I mean, rapid. And uh, a lot of editors were like, "Bro, you're nuts if you want to do this." And like, you know. Uh, 39 days like that's impossible and so a lot of people in Hollywood like uh, the independent editors would just turn me down and so I was like dang I know there's somebody out there that's willing to take this leap of faith um, because my purpose of getting this out there as fast as I could is because I wanted it to really benefit and share you know uh, create a unique perspective of all these hate crimes and everything that's going on you know I really wanted to raise awareness in another level so um I found an editor. I looked out. His name is Julian Brantley and tw over 20 years experience. And he even said I was nuts. <laughs> but he was like, you know what? Sometimes, you know, crazy is good. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I saw what you did. He, he even read the screenplay and, you know, I, I just looked at his eyes and he didn't know when he, when he was talking to me, I was like, I, I was like praying. I was like, I hope he says yes. Just say yes. Please say yes. And then he was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I was like, damn, this is awesome. So, you know, he got to work and our, the way we worked is we had this uh, platform where I could see uh, his edits and I can make suggestions and we could both go back and forth uh, in real time as he's editing it. Nice. And so it was really cool. And, um, you know, my DP told me about these softwares and things like that. I was like, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. And so it, it coordinates with Adobe Premiere and, and all this. So anyways, 
every edit he did, I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Like I was jumping in the editor, uh, uh, not a booth. I was here on my computer, but I was, <laughs> I was so, you know, elated. I was so happy because I was like, man, I knew my performance in that scene was whack. And then I saw his edit and I was like, man, he made me look so awesome. You know, so it's like <laughs> a good editor could really like, I, I, I Julian's definitely going to be thanked in my Oscar speech if I ever get one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so th this this brings up a good uh, question. Like, when you were filming, since you were doing it all so quickly, uh, how many takes did you give yourself to to get the right one, or did you you did you try to do it all in one take a bunch of times, kind of thing? Wow, what a great question! Because we were always against time every single day. Yeah, every day it was like I wish that I could have gotten more takes, but it was like three to five takes and we're on to the next mm -hmm. or you know i was being like i would decrease my takes for the more important scenes or you know it was like there was always a point where you know my dp would be like oh, chris we got to go on to the next thing man we're like two hours behind <laughs> and so i'm like dang and that two hours led to four hours and then but you know we never had to or i think there was one day where we had to push and you know what we missed we'll get the next day but he was always telling me that could create a snowball effect and we don't want to not finish this film right. so you know um we really learned to speed up save time and not do too many takes so you know um yeah did you did you shoot linearly or did you shoot out of order like you know most productions do Oh, yes. At first I was like, yo, we're going to shoot this uh, linear, you know, A to Z. And, you know, but n definitely my DP came in and was like, yo, let's let's do it definitely out of order to save <laughs> us time from which actors are here on these days. And, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put this thing together in my mind and the right people will guide you to make sure you can get it done the right way. Like, um, so definitely out of order to prioritize the people because some people like Miguel was from New York, had to fly in. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my mother in the movie was from Oakland. She had to fly in. So, you know, it was, um, it, it was really fun. And, and also, um, yeah, it's, it, it, doing schedules is a nightmare. But <laughs> do it, you know? And I imagine it was difficult to, you know, getting permits to shoot in places like that and, 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 you know, having to coordinate all that. So absolutely. That, <laughs> I mean, was it, was it mostly shot in uh, Southern California? Yes, most of it was shot in um, LA and in San Diego. So, um, and they're only two hours away from each other. So, you know, um, and, and the funny thing about LA, when you've got a camera, you know, uh, always it attracts so much attention and the police will come by, everybody will come by. So, um, but everybody's always friendly and that's what I appreciate. Good, good. Glad to hear that. All right. So then you're on the, you know, promotion tour. Like, how has that been going for you? Oh, it's been going great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning because, you know, our acquisition is like now, you know, where the distribution company takes it. And so, but like our premiere is in like, what, like 10 days. So yep. it's like, you know, when people say you can't get a good acquisition deal in the 12th hour, I guess I'm a good example of, yes, you can. <laughs> you know, it's never too late. And, you know, you just got to have faith. And the promotion tour has been a real blessing because we've been able to, you know, get interviewed by you and, you know, just, you know, sharing our stories with people that want to hear it means a lot to me. What was, uh, what was it like? Because I mean, I'm, I know this isn't the first time that you've been interviewed, but like when I first met you, you were doing the interviewing. So like, what's it like being on the other side of the camera? Like, do you, do you still think about the days when you were at KYMA? 
Oh, absolutely. When times are tough, I sometimes tell myself, man, I should have just stuck it out as a journalist. <laughs> you know, like, but then I go, no, those tough days as a journalist built me up for this moment. You know, this is what I was meant to do. And, you know, I, I just look at it as we all got unique God given gifts. And I feel like, you know, God blessed me with an ability just to talk to people and just be transparent, honest, and share with them what I see. And if they see what I see, then it's a win-win because we're we're creating a movie here. You know, if 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 you know, I I'm trying to put these pieces together. It, just the fact that Manny Pacquiao a part of this now must mean, hey, we, we hit the jackpot and we got acquired. That's another jackpot, right, guys? You know, so it was kind of like a relief, like, whew, thank God we got acquired here because if we didn't, it would have been bad. But you know, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, like you said, you're successful in reaching out to Manny Pacquiao on on Insta- Instagram. You should you should uh, reach out to Simu Lu on Twitter. You know, that's how he oh, got yeah. his, his role as Shang Chi. Yeah, that would he, be. He, he, he might block me though because he's like everybody asked me for and i'm just kidding no that would be awesome you know to actually you know maybe in zeus too who knows and uh if, if he if he replies i'll let you know i'll be like that was your idea <laughs> <laughs> so how far along are we in zeus too then Oh, very, very far along. You know, I, I've been working on it um, and uh, all the plot points, the treatment is done. We're just breezing through the screenplay, finishing it up here. And um, it's um, got some exciting announcements. You, uh, you'll definitely get a, a text from me uh, once, uh, you know, that thing is up and running. So, yeah. I love it. I can't wait. So uh, I was going to ask you, like, what were you doing now that in your off time? But it sounds like you've been writing and creating and stuff. So but, you know, are you doing anything on your relaxing to, to help you relax, you know, between writing and shooting and talking about your movie? Oh, beautiful question. Um, the relaxing part is me trying to spend more time with uh, my, my family, both my parents, because they, um, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but both my parents suffered with strokes throughout, you know, this filming process. And I mean, it's hard when you have one parent dealing with a stroke, but let alone two is, is like, you know, when when, I remember on the first day of filming, um, you know, the day, like two days before my mother just collapsed in the bathroom. And I remember like picking her up and thinking like, you know, she was dead or something, you know? And I was just like, you know, like, the film didn't matter. Nothing mattered. My like move, all that mattered was her. And I remember thinking like, why, what, like I rushed her to the hospital and um, you know, and she was able to be discharged a few days later. And um, it was a, I guess a, a mild uh, stroke or something like that, where they had to still monitor her heart rate and all that put some thing on her. But um, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy, you know? And, um, on the first day of set, everyone was like, we hope your mom is okay. Uh, you know, Hey Chris, we hope your mom's okay. I was like, that was that, the, the ambiance. It wasn't like we're excited to film, you know, it was more like, you know, is your mom alive? Like we hope, you know, cause I was in the emergency room as we were doing pre-production work. And, you know, um, when most people would probably push back a project, I said, we, you know, we got to push forward because, you know, we, this is our vision and, no matter what obstacle comes our way, we got to, we got to figure it out. So, yeah. So yeah, spend, spend as much time as you can with them. That's my heart goes out to your mother and your father and your family. So thank you. Thank glad, you. I'm glad that I'm glad that you can do this and, and obviously, you know, do it for them as much as for yourself. Absolutely. Thank you.
All right, Chris, like I loved talking to you this whole time uh, and, thank and, th- and thank you for making this movie uh, as another uh, child of an Asian immigrant. Like I, I appreciate this. So uh, thank you. Awesome. Um, anything else like you want to, you want to talk about, about the movie? Like, I feel like I've just been picking you apart about how to make a movie all, all of a sudden. <laughs> no, it is a beautiful interview and I appreciate it. And I guess the only thing I'll, I'll throw out there is, um, you know, when I was trying to get advice from a lot of directors, um, you know, I was successful with Manny just DMing him, but I DMed a lot of directors for advice and um, I didn't get anything back, you know, and I thought that was pretty discouraging, you know, because I was like, man, I'd, I'd love some sort of advice. And and so um, if there's any filmmakers out there um, that that want some sort of advice or anything, I mean, I'd be happy to share anything that I've learned or know uh, making this film. And I'd love to give my email out if that's okay with your viewers. Yes, um, please, please give your email out. Awesome. It, yeah, it's just contact, uh, C-O-N-T-A-C-T at Dynasty Boys, that's B-O-Y-S dot com. And um, shoot me an email there and I'll, I'll just, you know, whatever questions you got, um, you know, we're all in this journey to make beautiful stories. So uh, I'd love to help. So Zeus is opening worldwide August 20th. Yes, that's you right. Can, you can uh, rent. Where is it that you're going to be able to rent it for that, 20, that 48 hours? Yes, we'll be making that announcement here. Oh, um, haven't made that announcement yet. <laughs> I know. And so, yeah, they'll be able to see it. And so, uh, yeah, uh, ZeusTheMovie.com for now, and you'll yeah, it'll it'll be posted there shortly. Yeah, see, folks, I tried I tried to trick him. I tried to get him to make announcement <laughs> on my show. It's okay. I, uh, I understand. Uh, yes, go to Zeus ZeusMovie.com. Uh, ZeusTheMovie.com. ZeusTheMovie.com. There you go. Go to ZeusTheMovie.com for all further information uh if you want to follow me uh i can maybe put you in contact with chris but if you want to follow me follow me on twitter i'm at mitchipedia gem gem stands for geekly media the rest of geekly media is at geekly media on twitter at geekly media on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geekly media is our facebook page check out archive episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website geeklymedia.com and whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.